Hey, thanks for pressing play and welcome once again to another edition of the Suns Jam Session Podcast coming to you live from Blue Agave in North Scottsdale as we watch the Phoenix Suns win game number four and go up three to one in the series. Uh, I do apologize ahead of time for those of you who are watching along live as the camera's going to shake a little bit. You know, we're, we're chilling here on a table and I've I've got my laptop and whatnot. I'm going to be hitting the keyboard to look up different things as we navigate this podcast. But if you're listening, hey, it's going to sound fantastic. So thank you for joining us. Make sure that you subscribe, rate, review, press play, and hit the thumbs up button. As I bring in my good buddy, Matthew. Matthew, uh, how are we doing, man? A, a solid win for the Phoenix Suns, eh? You know, I'm on mute. This is going to be a tough thing to do. You know, mute back and forth. So, Jamsters out there, we were hanging out with Blue Agave today. A lot, a good turnout. We had a few guys show up tonight, and uh, thank God they did because it was good luck. The Suns pull away in the last five minutes where you think, like, oh, no, are the Clippers going to tie this series? Nope. Chris Paul arrived and took over the game for the Suns. No need for Booker and KD really in the fourth. So, fucking great win, man. Uh, I gotta say, I absolutely love your uh, your sticker that you have on your shirt. That looks really cool. There it says Phoenix, uh, fantastic. But uh, you're right. I mean, the end of this game was something that a, a little bit of a back and forth affair, some moments of stress, some moments of frustration. Never a big deficit for the Suns uh, outside of about an eight point deficit in the early on because. That's the way the Suns are playing right now. In the first half, the first quarter, they just can't get the traction going. But I will say this, uh, like you you mentioned, the fourth quarter CP3, he's not CP3, he's CPQ4, and he stepped up tonight, and it's exactly what we needed, my friend. CP4, love that. You know, how has no one even thought about that yet, man? <laughs> CPQ4, CPQ4, not CP4. Okay, it sounds like an accounting term. I don't know. <laughs> So, Jamsters, again, we appreciate it if you're joining us. Uh, whether you're here, I got to give a shout out to all the Jamsters who are hanging out over here. So, uh, wave guys, Paul's over there. We got Joey over there saying what's up, uh, saying what's up over there to the fam. My mom's like Googling things. Matthew's literally right here. Look at that double, double Matthew action. He's touching himself. Uh, look at this. There's Gavin, Aussie Suns fan podcast is in the house. He literally flew just to Phoenix for this one event. It's really awkward. Poor guy. Poor guy. He ends up in a bar with us. Poor, poor, at least we got a win for him, right, Matthew? Yeah, that's the least we can do, you know? Maybe. Sorry, we're, we're going back and forth with the mutes and the unmutes. Just As long as you own your mutes, Matthew, I'll own my mutes. I don't have to mute you and, and whatnot, right? Yeah, mind your mutes in this pod. Well, mind your mutes, Jamsters. And again, thank you for joining us. I think it's a chugging with the fellas kind of time, Matthew, don't you think? Yeah, you know, I show up to the first three playoff games, nothing to chug, but I do have a half a beer to chug. So I hope you allow that, Jamsters, and you're proud of me. We're taking the first step to chugging with the fellas this year. Now, I will say this. Uh, Matthew's chugging an IPA because he's a man, dude. I'm chugging just a Coors Light. Uh, but again, chug them if you got them, Suns fans. I don't know if anybody – I mean, they're all just on their phones. I mean, look at these, look, look at these chumps. Look at these chumps. He's taking our picture, literally, as this podcast occurs, instead of chugging with the fellas. Uh, but let's go ahead. Let's chug with the fellas on this one. Matthew, cheers. I'm going to cheers you over here. And let's uh, let's chug with the fellas, which is going to be some horrible audio. Gulp. Ah, let's start the pod.
112-100 win for the Phoenix Suns against the Los Angeles Clippers in this game four, which puts the Suns up three to one in the series, which of course brings me to my first question. Matthew, I got to ask. Matthew, I got to ask, did you expect this kind of performance from Chris Paul in the fourth quarter, especially considering as we're watching this game along live at Blue Agave in Scottsdale, uh, how he kind of became a moot point, how catch and shoot CP3 wasn't really something that has been working necessarily for the Suns. We saw it throughout the series, especially in game three. In this game, first three quarters not really happening. I mean, we're literally sitting here we're, we're with uh, – Paul from the Fan of the Flames podcast. We're with Gavin from the Aussie Suns fan podcast. We're with Joey, who's one of our loyal listeners. And we're sitting here. We're literally having these conversations of who are the Suns going to get in the offseason to fill his void. And then we got CPQ4. You know, I thought your first question was going to be, how come, like, my head's so big in the screen, you know? It just takes up the whole thing. <laughs> I have no choice, though. Um, but, yeah, uh, Chris Paul, I think the whole time we're watching these games, we're basically, well, this game here in Gave, we're just talking about, wait, what does Kevin Durant bring to this? Like, there's just certain moments where you're like, is this guy actually living up to expectations? Chris Paul, of course, is that guy that I've kind of just wanted to replace with a Kogi, which was, you know what? I had to eat that shit tonight. I, I Today. I'm going to say tonight a lot, but today I definitely had to eat that shit because Chris Paul just showed up in different ways where, you know, we need that extra guy. We know DA is maybe a half guy. He's not going to give you the full potential that he can bring to every playoff game. But Chris Paul won every other couple games because game two game four now he's closing out force that's what you want i thought it'd be maybe one game a series but now that you're getting one game every other game that's more than i thought so i'm very happy over here sitting in the other corner of the booth Chris Paul this afternoon ends with a final of 19 points on 8 of 17 shooting, including 3 of 6 from beyond the arc, rather than 1 of 8. He also had 9 assists, 4 rebounds, but 12 of those points came in the fourth quarter where he was 5 of 9, 2 of 3 from beyond the arc, 3 assists. And yes, Matthew, this is what I've been kind of talking about. You know, one of the things that people appreciate and some of the jamsters who are here have mentioned to us that they appreciate about our podcast is we don't sit around and we agree with each other and when it comes to chris paul you and i thus far through this series have had somewhat of a disagreement you know you're like hey josh akogi can essentially give us minutes that chris paul is currently navigating and probably be more productive because chris paul has kind of been garbage he's the guy who's standing alone in the corner camping He's got four pieces of wood. He's putting them on the campfire. He's he's looking around. He's scavenging for some Kindle. He's putting that on. He's throwing, you know, he he he's old school. So he's like trying to actually start it with a fire starter, you know, like we're on naked and afraid. And then he's starting to fire because he's so just bored out there. He's got nothing to do. But in this game, he found himself in those situations. And rather than in previous games, he was frustrated and, and not making the shots. He was making the shots in this game. And it absolutely changed the tide in the fourth quarter. The Phoenix Suns outscored the, the Clippers 29 to 22 in that fourth, which is, you know, if you can do a little bit of math, is a seven point victory essentially in that quarter for the Suns. And they win this game by 10. So they enter the fourth quarter with a three-point lead. CP3 was the difference in this game. And don't get me wrong. like We're going to talk about Devin Booker. We're going to talk about Kevin Durant. But it was finally, finally, we got a quality CP3 game. Yeah, and the best part is like at the end of the game where they're all laughing because of the ridiculous shots they're making. But Chris Paul makes a ridiculous shot that just basically sealed the game. <laughs> you know, Booker and, Chris and KD were just like, I can't believe this, right? When those things are going in, you just know everything's kind of like hitting on all cylinders. 
But that's what the Suns have to count on. They have to count on these tough, difficult shots. And usually Chris Paul, he'll be wide open for the most part. But it seemed like tonight, the ones that were a little bit more difficult, he was hitting. Um, getting to his spots a few times, but he was short on a few. But I think well, going back to the last pod where I talked about, you can tell with the spacing that he has on certain shots, you know when they're going to go in. Like early in the game, there was a few where, you know, he just you knew they were going to end up short because of the spacing that he had between the defender. So, but to end the game, it's like, okay, really quick too. I want to talk about how you're talking about like having confidence, right? Of this course. This guy just has so much confidence last game to where he believes in himself. And he's that's why he's not going to give it the shot attempts because he's going to take it. There's times where he's like, he's he's there for three, but you have KD or Booker, like pass the ball over. But no, I'm going to take like the last shot of the of, before the shot clock runs out with three seconds left because he trusts himself that much. That's what I was scared of going into the series is like, is he going to waste possessions? Is he going to hurt us because of his old age, not getting up for every other game? But that just kind of just made me like less worried now heading into next game, which might be an off game, but I know we can count on them every other game. Well, what's I find kind of interesting is how we talked about it in the last couple uh, games. You know, two games ago, he had a decent game. And I was mentioning that he was hitting his shots from the mid-range. He was getting quality shots rather than those kind of like running floaters, right? And that's what he did in game one and game three when we, uh, you know, we would have quote-unquote bad CP3 games is he was having... Uh, those running floaters, those attacks at the rim, rather than settling for the mid-range shot and where he's comfortable, trying to make something like where he's not necessarily comfortable or where young CP3 would have been effective. He wasn't effective in those areas. Tonight, as you mentioned, difficult shots, but in shots in, in, in the range in which he's used to taking those shots. And that is where his comfort zone is. And that's something that when you sit back and you watch this game, you can sit there and go, you know what? If, as long as CP3 is taking those shots in that those specific areas, guarded or not, he's going to hit them. Now, obviously, the three-point line was an area that uh, in game three was one of frustration. And tonight, he knocked him down. As I mentioned before, you know, overall from beyond the arc, he was uh, uh, three of six versus one versus eight. So there's, you know, and I said it in the last podcast. I'm like, if he hits two more threes, it's a completely different performance from Chris Paul. Tonight, he hit those threes. He was 50% from beyond the arc. He looked absolutely fantastic, and uh, I'm appreciative of it. And I'll tell you this, Matthew, a quick little programming note as we're literally sitting like two feet from each other. I think you're playing footsie with me underneath the table. Uh, if if we hit the – if you hit – it unmutes you and it remutes you just like it is uh, a Zoom call. I think he's on my mic, so. <laughs> oh, Lynn, you can't yeah, use the space Lynn. button. No, I mean, if I if I use it, um, the mute on this thing, then I hear reverb from everywhere. So the only way is if I eat my own mic. So if my hand is on this big black mic, the whole pod. So just leave that alone, and we'll continue to have a successful uh, podcast. There's totally a joke I can make here. Big Dick Booker. Devin Armani Booker tonight, 30 points, 10 of 21 from the field. Not necessarily the most uh, efficient night from Devin Booker, but 41 minutes played to get it. He was 7 of 8 from the free throw line. He was 3 of 6, much akin to Chris Paul, from beyond the arc. Had 7 assists, had 3 steals. And I'll tell you this, Matthew, I literally wrote out the Lord's Prayer. Our Father to Devin Booker today because he was everything to this team. He got this team through the first half. 
the way that he played, and again, of those uh, 30 points that he had, if you take a look at the first half alone, uh, Devin Booker ended with 13 of them. He had 17 in the second half, but he was he, the, the, the shot-making ability. We've talked about this entire series. What he's done in this series has been so great for the Suns and so needed because at times this team looks unbelievably discombobulated. And Devin Booker, I literally wrote the Lord's Prayer, and instead of saying, like, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, I literally had the lyrics or the uh, or the uh, the pod notes rest you know written out of like damn booker devin booker you damn good looker how will be thy name thy three point come thy shot be done on earth that is in devin and i had the whole thing and then my wife said you can't do that you'll get in trouble with jesus so should i read the rest of it or should i just let it go no i think it's fine um you know, it, it's one of those things where you're explaining before. It's not really, like, taken out of context where you're going to sing it or say it. Well, we sing it in church all the time. Um, but, you know, if you if you put it out there, man, and people pick it up, there might be people in church singing this, and then everyone's like, what's going on? There's chaos in tonight's Mass because we're singing about Big Dick Book. Whatever, whatever prayer that is. That didn't make any sense. Go ahead. I'll just say this. It's definitely blasphemous, and I probably shouldn't. So I won't continue that one. Uh, I, I and Metal Mike in the chat he says Void is crushing hard on Booker. Yeah, after a few beers, I am crushing hard on Booker. Hell man. Yeah, dude, I crush he, all the time. I slaw. He, he was fucking fantastic. You know, yes, even Gavin saying it. Gavin, come in here real quick and just say those words. I'm sorry, we're live, sir. Who's not crushing hard on Booker? The man is a he's phenomenal. He was absolutely fantastic tonight. How can that's you our sideline reporter, Gavin. <laughs> yeah. we, we actually. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, Gavin's going to be out front interviewing people as they depart the bar and ask them their thoughts on the game, and uh, no one will say anything. They're like, I was just here with my family to enjoy a nice little lunch meal at uh, the Blue Agave Mexican Cantina. Um, and I will say this. Uh, let's see here. Fabio says, why is Voidus Cam shaking so much? I'm literally on, like, a little table. He's on a boat. <laughs> I'm on a boat. No, like. Again, if you're listening, you're going to hear some background reverb. But if you're watching, yeah, it's going to be shaking because I'm, I'm little on, on little. Th- I don't have the stability I normally have at home. But you know what? Uh, just close your eyes and listen. That's all I can ask for. Pretend you're on the podcast. But again, if you talk about Devin Booker and what he did, I mean, you look at the first quarter alone. Okay, Devin Booker in this first, first quarter, which again, the Phoenix Suns are starting slow in the first quarter. They're down 30 to 23. Okay, so again, final score, 112 to 100. They outscore, after the first quarter, they outscore the the Los Angeles Clippers by 100, or I'm sorry, 100, what, 91 to 70, the rest of the game. But it was another slow-moving first quarter. Devin Booker went 4 of 9 from the fir- in the first quarter. The rest of the team went 3 of 16, Matthew. 3 of 16. I mean, the guy's like, he's, every ball is going out of bounds. Booker's there. He's there. Like, how many times are you going to see that from him, man? Like, the only guy that's really hustling a lot. I mean, I think maybe he's the only one that can because we are kind of older. But also just the IQ to get to certain spots to where he knows, like, hey, it's a deflection. Maybe I could save this. And every pass in bounds is usually a good one. It's usually ending up in the Suns' hands. I feel like as Suns fans, we see that a lot where other teams do that and ends up in a guy in a guy's hands that could just, like, make the easy dunk. You know, that happens a ton. But for Booker tonight, it's insane how good he plays. I mean, we stand there with the first two shots. I'm standing here watching, and I'm like, that's just Jordan. That's just Kobe. It just is. Um, his ridiculous-looking shots, his release and stuff, difficult as hell, but you just count on that more than anything. I count on him more than anybody, of course, on this team right now to get things done. KD did step it up a little bit more tonight, but Booker 
should shoot every shot. Like when I'm watching OKC and I'm talking about, you know, SGA should have the ball at the end of the game, every shot. This is this is Booker. But then you have guys like Chris Paul who will stand in the way at times and get his shot off. And, of course, he made his tonight. But Booker should always have the ball. He's not making mistakes to cost us anything. I think you can see that with DA at times. But also, Booker is just – he's on a different level that's maybe five for four or four or five ahead of anybody else on the team. But right now, man, he's just making a statement where if we talk about who's the best right now in the playoffs, who is playing the best, and you're talking about Jason Tatum – and you're talking about him, you're talking about, I don't know who else, I haven't really watched much of the other playoffs. He's the best player right now in the playoffs. He is. He's unstoppable. There's no way to where you can defend this guy where he can't get the shot off. He's splitting the, the double teams anytime he wants. He's just doing whatever the fuck he wants, and it's crazy because he had a good beginning of the year this year, but then you never really saw this, and this is what I was expecting. This is why I said he's the X Factor because he has to play this way in order for us to win these games early because we're just still trying to gel and he's hitting those big shots still. I just, I can't believe I'm watching this as like, he's a son's player. It's just crazy to say that because we never have players this good that could take over games this way ever. Well, from since I was born and paid attention to the sons. Well, I mean, you talk a little bit about Steve Nash, right? And Steve Nash had the ability to take over games and he did so in a very different way. Uh, you go back to the Charles Barkley area, like Charles Barkley definitely took over games. But the way that Devin Booker does it is a from a basketball sense is just beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful because he's a shooting guard. And you go back and you look at some of the best players in the NBA, you know, uh, Michael Jordan, uh, Kobe Bryant, you know, it's the shooting guard ability because they have to be so versatile. And what he's doing, and you're right. Like, uh, raise your hand if you listen to the Bill Simmons podcast religiously. Yeah, that's both of us are raising our hands. They, they were talking about it. Booker is one of the best players in the playoffs thus far. Now, Grant, it's the first round. It's April 22nd. We got a long way to go. But thus far, even with the performance tonight, and as I mentioned, this probably wasn't the best Devin Booker game if you look at the statistical breakdown because he had the 30 points on 21 field goals, which is still efficient, 10 of 21 from beyond the, from, uh, the field. Uh, he was averaging 36.3 entering this, and he only had 30 in this one, Matthew. Oh, darn. He was out, actually outscored, and we'll talk about the guy who outscored him momentarily. But the simple fact that that occurs and the way that he does it and the way that he has a shot making, and you hit on the most important aspect of what Devin Booker has done this series, how he's unbelievably absolutely fucking changed possessions with his hustle, saving balls out of bounds. You know, for those of you who follow us on YouTube and you watch more than just the podcast, Matthew does an amazing job putting together shorts. And he has, like, the top three games from or plays from the previous game. And one of them on game two was his, like, falling out of bounds behind the back pass to, I think it, I, I think it was Torrey Craig who ended up with the dunk. It might have been a Kogi, which is a topic of conversation we're going to cover here very shortly. But it was unbelievable what he's doing. The loose balls alone, it's this entire different level of Devin Booker play, man. I mean, it's just it makes you speechless after every game. You can't you can't just describe it. I mean, you have to sit down and watch. If you're an NBA fan out there, you have to just sit down and watch this guy because he's talked about as the best shooting guard in the league. He's a top five player right now in the league, and obviously in the playoffs. But I'm just saying in the league overall, he was top ten coming in. Now with these performances where he does score a thirty, but it seems like more. And Katie did score more, which seems like less. But tonight, Booker, just every emphasis on his game has just risen to a different level where it makes it seem like he's just scoring every point for this game, which he kind of, in his game, which he kind of did in the first, where he just, he was out the bench all the time. But like, I'm just saying, like, in the first half or the first quarter, he just, 
he, you can count on him in any possession that the Suns need to take over a game. So the the fact that like he has to take plays off because you have to bring in Chris Paul and Kevin Durant, it's awesome. I mean, if Chris Paul can hit his shots and we have Kevin Durant, but I just love watching him with the ball now. Like I wish it was more, but it's good to share the ball. I'll say this, and I've said it before, and I'll say it again. Appreciate this, Suns fans. Appreciate what we're witnessing from Devin Booker game to game. Because what is our number one frustration with other players on this team? Which, trust me, we'll get to. It's one word. It's inconsistency. Devin Booker is consistent as fuck. What he's doing, you have to appreciate. You have to acknowledge. And you have to know that you're witnessing something that 10, 15, 20, 25 years ago or 25 years from now, if we're blessed enough to get there, we're going to be talking about, you know, think about as you consume this content, how old you are. Think about 25 years from now. You'll be talking about Devin fucking Booker. Just like we talk about Steve Nash and Charles Barkley, like what he has done, not only for this team in this small postseason run, but what he's done the entirety of his career. Yeah. We're fanboying on Devin Booker. We have to fanboy on Devin Booker because he allowed this team in this game and this series to tread water while they try to figure other shit out because that's what they're doing right now. They're trying to figure other shit out right now. And you can do that when you have a Devin Booker and what he's doing and what he continues to do. You have to appreciate. Now, I will say this, Matthew. There's one thing that Devin Booker did in this game that I was not a fan of. He had an eight-second violation. And for that, I blame Chris Paul. Yeah, he learns from the best, right? I think you know what that was. It's a little uh, pay like a little bit of respect to the back end of 2007-06 series with Sam Cassell in the same arena where you know that happened to them, and basically the Suns won that series because of that play. So I think that was all that was. Booker got a little bit more red. His rosacea started to bloom a little bit more on that play because he's like, "What me? There's no way." And honestly, when I see that, I'm like, "What was that? Really eight seconds?" And it was. I hate Booker. I hate him. Fucking bench him, dude. Play more Kogi. Play Kogi in his minutes. I literally was walking back from the bathroom, and I walk out, and everyone's like, what the fuck? Booker just took a fucking eight-second violation. I was like, I just got done shaking my dick. Uh, Sir Sir Hamo is in the chat. Give us $2 from uh, Australian dollars. I don't know what the exchange rate is, but he says hit that that like button. Yeah, what's that come out to? It's about a dollar twenty. Hey, thanks for Sir Hamo. You really broke the bank on that one. But we appreciate you watching. He says hit that like button and share Suns fans. That's what it's all about. And make sure you subscribe to the Aussies Suns fan podcast. Uh, they won't be recording tonight. They normally record our time, but you know, Gavin's been gallivanting. Are you guys recording tonight? You guys are your chance. Welcome to Saturday nights in in Phoenix. Because that's what we normally have to watch it when it's like 10, 8, 10 p.m. It's Saturday night. My wife wants to hang out. I'm like, hey, I'm hanging out with Gavin. Sir Hamo and and Nate and Boyd and all those those, those fantastic gents there. So uh, let let's switch gears a little bit, and you might be surprised where I'm going to go, but this is where I'm going to go. Oh yeah, Shabalama Ding Dong. Sneaky sneak. I'll tell you who was a fucking Ding Dong in this game was Landry Shamit, negative six. In his plus minus five minutes play. Matthew, we did it. 
We got rid of Landry Shaman after five minutes play. I don't think he's going to play the rest of the series. Thank fucking God. Well, that was the last game, too, where he didn't play in the second half. And I was like, okay, that must be it. But then Monty puts him back in for five more minutes. And I'm sorry you wasted any time making that drop on this guy. Because the way he actually dropped into his seat, too, going back to the bench, he just is so down on himself. I don't want to see guys do that. Like, it's... He talks about in interviews how he brings more to on the defensive end. And, like, guys that watch basketball, they don't know what I do. They don't know what I do. I do little things that really help this team win. No, for us, we're watching the game, man. We don't want – when you're in the corner and they, sh- they shoot the ball over there and I didn't even know you entered the game and you grabbed the ball, you just pass the ball up and then maybe it's a three that's wide open and you break the front of the rim. That's why we don't really want you on the floor. And it sucks because I did believe in you. You played some good games this year. But right now, man, I'm just thinking, like, the the Suns need just guys on the floor that really believe in themselves. They need that in this series because this Clippers seems just, like, all out. They just, you know, we our two stars are out, but we're going to go out and just play to another level where, you know, we can because we can get to the rim. We can play physical against this team. That's why we need guys that believe in themselves. The last guy on the court we'll talk about later is maybe DeAndre, where I just don't believe in that guy believes in himself, which is shocking. But Shamit needs to just know more of that. One guy, Ross, believes in himself, believes in his game, very overconfident. We need that on the floor. TJ doesn't really. He needs more minutes. So I wouldn't be surprised if we don't see TJ. But Ross needs to replace those minutes right now because we just need shooting. Defense, I don't give a fuck, man. They're giving up these wide open lanes to the rim. Why would it matter if Ross is in there and can't guard the perimeter? Does that really matter? Because even a Colgan Craig at times have have a hard time against Westbrook, the way he's playing. So Ross needs to replace those minutes, and Shaman needs to just take a chill pill, sit on there in street clothes, and I wish we could make a trade. I wish a couple guys we could trade, but right now we're getting 3-1, so it's hard to be so upset just because they limited his minutes in the second half. And don't, don't you know, you trying to distract me over there? I'm going on this, like, great, you know, it's all written out right in front of me, this really great tangent I have, and you're making faces at me. Is it your wife over there, my sister Shannon? I'm making faces at our family while you're talking. I'm listening to everything you're saying because I completely agree with it. We're literally trying to figure out transactions in the middle of this game, and I'll say this, like, Suns fans, this is the best part about the playoffs. Like, go out, come to a jam session watch party, shoot the shit with us. We have so much fun. And I know that wherever you go to watch a game, like that's what it makes. That, that's what it's about. It's about spending time with fellow Suns fans. My, some of my favorite memories are literally going to different bars during the mid two thousands, hanging out with people, watching Suns games. It's so much fun. And even today, like so much fun hanging out with everybody. And I literally like Matthew's over here, like trying to slap me in the face because we're having fun, you know. But when it comes to Andrew Shamit, oh, oh, you got something to say? I hit the wrong. I'm I'm between the mic and like this the and the this thing, yeah. Technology, technology. But with Landry Shamit, you're right. And what I love is the fact that we at least took a chance. And by we, I mean Monty, fucking finally. And he followed up with what he did in game four, or I'm sorry, game three. And it, and it helped. And I'll tell you who helped. And this is like the shittiest stat line of somebody who helped. Today I met this cat. He said his name was Damien. He thinks that we're a lot alike and wants to be my friend. Damian Lee, 14 minutes, 0 of 1 from the field, 0 of 1 from through the three-point line, had one rebound, one assist, one steal, zero points. Was a plus four in 14 minutes. That's all we're asking for. Landry Shamitz is fucking void. I don't care if you're paying this motherfucker $10 million, $11 million. Bye-bye. You got to find somebody who's productive for this team. Yeah, we're talking about Terrence Ross, and yeah, we're talking about the fringe aspects of this roster. We have Devin Booker, Chris, you know, CPQ4 is the thing now. We'll talk about DeAndre. We'll talk about Kevin Durant. But at the end of the day, 
the fringe aspect to give you some minutes that are going to allow you to be successful. Damian Lee with that 0 for 1 successful, Matthew. Whenever he shoots, whenever we're relying on him to make his shot, it's only because I worry that he's going to come out of the game. If he doesn't make his first shot or so, and then I'm like, is he going to take him out, replace him with Shamit? You know, that's what I worry about. He did miss his one, his one three. But the thing is, like, I don't really care what Lee is really doing on the floor because we have four or three other guys on the court that should be dominating a game against the Clippers. So if Lee comes in and he's just nothing really, it's more than what Shamit brings, where it's just like a guy you just can't rely on. Right, you want a zero more than a negative, and I feel like Lee can be a zero for sure at times. But we don't need guys on the court like Sham hurting this team from the inside out, kind of like DeAndre last game where he was, he was doing that, just destroying this team. But Lee won't do that, and the only reason he won't is because he's not taking the ball into the rim to the rim anymore. He's not trying to have those little floaters. There's just no time for that. You stand on the perimeter, if you get the ball, shoot it. And you know what? Last game he had the eight points, which was good. And that's what you need from him, man. He's not going to have eight points every night, but he's not going to be a negative. He'll be a zero some nights, but that's fine because there's other guys in the court that should get shit done, and we don't have to worry about Lee having a great stellar game to win a game. He just needs to just be confident in himself, and he definitely is because his brother-in-law is Steph Curry. That guy won a few championships, and, you know, that might rub off on him, and he did win one with him. So that just that's the confidence you need as Suns fans. What's going on over there? I was looking at my brother and looking at your sister. <laughs> no, uh, you're right. A hundred percent. Damien Lee, the, the best statistic that he had tonight was the 14 minutes. And that's all we needed. We just needed 14 minutes because we take a look at the starting five that the Phoenix Suns ran out there. And once again, they had Tory Craig, which brings me to an interesting kind of just philosophical conversation that we've had somewhat throughout the uh, the, the series thus far, and now that we're up 3-1, it might be a moot point, but still worth having. So that's the conversation. Do you go with the juice? Do you go with J.O.? I'll tell you this, the juice in this game, four of eight from the field, had eight points, had five rebounds, had one block, had some really good plays. Hell, we were talking about adding him to the mid-range mafia based on his performance thus far. That was a conversation. It was. He was he was hitting mid-range shots. We're like, oh shit. Like, I don't know where our stickers are at. Um, but we brought stickers to give out to the champs who were here. And I got the mid-range mafia sticker. And there we go. Yeah, Matthew's got it. I'm grabbing it from you like no one can see it over there and we're handing out to the jamsters and whatnot and i'm like shit now i gotta redesign it because we gotta put tory craig on there but the other side you take a look at this and this is what's interesting jamsters the suns had nine bench points in this game josh kogi had six of them he played 25 minutes in this game which was beautiful he's two or four from the field he had three rebounds he had one assist one steal one block in typical josh kogi fashion both of them what, what I've kind of come to a conclusion in this series, Matthew, is there's no wrong answer when it comes to J.O. or Torrey Craig. But without Ka- Kawhi Leonard, I'm thinking personally, like, why not give Josh Kogi one start? Without Kawhi Leonard, this is an opportunity for to put him out, to put him out there because what he is doing and the hustle in which he's playing and the energy in which he's playing, like, he, you feel it when he's out there. You feel his impact, right? Yeah, the fourth quarter of Kogi is the best thing to watch. I... You know, uh, I'm not going to say that, but Akogi himself, beginning to 25 minutes, 
that's big. We talked about minutes with Shamit, and we talked about minutes with Lee. That was a big difference. I think Okogi 25 is perfect. I said that one pod, 25, 30 minutes. And I test, for me, both the guys are just dead even. I don't think any of them are – one or the other is better than the other. I really don't. I think they bring the same amount of juice. But Okogi, like even times where he missed like the three, bricked it, went to go actually go on the floor and scoop it up to somebody else. Like I think it was Chris Paul across from him just to hit it over there. That's what he brings though, man. And I'm not going to – I don't – I don't want to argue like once you start or the other because I don't really care right now just because I've, if a Kogi's getting to 25, 30 minutes, that's all I care about because you know our bench cannot produce anything. I mean, what the six, three, nine points? Holy shit, that's our bench. Nine points and a Kogi, <laughs> Kogi had six of those, but I'm not, think, I'm not talking about points from him. I know he's going to miss his threes. Everything else he brings is just fantastic, but the one thing that the, that the Suns <laughs> – it's so weird looking at you. You're like, yeah, the one usually I'm just looking at myself. And I'm like, well, you can do this, Matthew. You can do this, Pod. Now John's over there judging me. We're literally like sitting across from each other and having a conversation, like looking at each other and like actually having a son's conversation, but like it's happening through a screen. So I like it. I like it. I like it. I wish there was a few more jams Stop rubbing here my to foot. sit on my lap and hanging out. I you know, Kogi himself is my favorite player of all time with the Suns. I mean, we just talked about Whoa. Booker being my favorite player of all time. But no, Kogi will get the job done on both ends. That's why when it was game one and he only had the six minutes, I'm like, Monty, what are you doing? Like, there is no way that you're going to limit this guy's minutes for no reason. You're trying to adjust to what? Just play a Kogi and good things will happen. You play Craig, good things will happen. So both guys are great. It's, uh, I agree with what Jam says, one of our elite jamsters. And again, if you want to become an elite jamster, set the join button below. And make sure you're hitting a thumbs up while you're here. Hell, shit, you're, you're hanging out here anyways. You might as well just take that little second and just move the thumb up and just like, you know, give us a thumbs up. I mean, it's, it's really a lot of effort we're asking for you. Uh, we had to like come here early and like set up and whatnot. Like at least give us I was that. a little late. Yeah, Matthew's always a little late. I'm a military guy. We're literally having a conversation with my mom, with my brother here, with my wife and Matthew's sister, talking about how I was born on my due date. And my brother had the same due date. And we're having that conversation like, what were mom and dad up to exactly nine months before you and me? But like, literally, I was born on time. I'm never late for anything. I'm a military guy. Like, I've never been late for shit. In my I'm life. always I, early. I'm always, that's the traffic. It took me an hour to get here, right? Excuse me. The traffic. Excuses are like, yeah, champions adjust. Excuses. Like, I, I, I have, a, I literally have in my office, I got this big um, poster that I designed. Cause for those of you who are, you know, watch us, Matthew and I, like, I do some graphic design on the side. It's, you know, it's literally like my, my shirt that I'm wearing, the stickers we make, it's graphic design. And I created a champions adjust poster. And I've got six athletes on that poster. Matthew, do you think you can name any of those six athletes? I know it's a tangent, but I'm Michael drinking. Michael Jordan, Derek Jeter, Charles Barkley, uh, Ray Shish Kebab, uh, Charles Barkley, and uh, Michael Jordan? <laughs> oh, it's champions adjust, so there is no Charles Barkley on that because he's not a champion. It's Michael Jordan. It's Dion, Dion Sanders, Muhammad Ali, Tiger Woods. Kirk Gibson, and maybe I just made it five. I can't remember who the sixth is. Yeah, and I would love to put Devin Booker on it one day. I will redesign it for Devin Booker. But you know what? I'm going to switch gears a little bit. I mean, we're at 35 minutes in, and you know, before I get to some more positive, we got to talk about something that just leaves a little, leaves a little meat on the bone, if you will. Watch. 
Oh, DeAndre Ayton. DeAndre Ayton, indeed. DeAndre ends this game, if you're looking at the statistics, 35 minutes played. He had 15 points. He had 13 rebounds. Okay, a 15 and 13. It's kind of what you want from DA. Uh, a couple steals, a couple blocks. He had an assistant thrown in there. Uh, 7 of 13 from the field, so efficient as well. So from a statistical standpoint, that's a good DA game, right, Matthew? He's uh he's in between basically where we want him and not where we want him. I think he's kind of getting there. And what I really think happens is these guys maybe talk came out and they were trying to get him involved early. I think KD always tries to get him involved, which is the best part I feel like of KD for me, just because I feel like you have to, to get this guy going because he's so he can be so special at times if he can get going. KD or I'm sorry, Aiden is just a guy right now that's just going along for the ride. And that's kind of what I wanted, right? This game wasn't as bad as last, but they're not really counting on him too much. But he still is just jacking stuff up at times. There's some passes where he's down low, just throwing it out of bounds. Of course, he had the one early. But it's just like just knowing what to do out there. It's kind of getting better. Today wasn't as bad as two games, our last game. But he's he's heading towards the right direction in a way where I just think guys are talking to him. And that's what you have to do with him, right? He's here right now. He's with the Suns. He's a... He's our center, so we have to deal with it. And the best way to deal with it is if we know guys are talking to him and getting him motivated. Because I think it's, if it goes opposite where they kind of turn their shoulder on him and just like, oh, this guy's fucking up, then that's a big issue. Right now, these guys, we have to count on Book and, and Katie to get this guy motivated. Chris Paul's probably done all he could, and he's kind of given up, I think. Right now, if it, if he's not a negative like, if you put him to sham it, then it's fine. He's kind of just a zero out there right now. He's making a little bit of shots which are just wide open because they're going to give him the opportunity. That's great. But he just needs to bring more physicality, which is not going to happen. We talk about that all the time. But also, just don't make the mistakes, right? Just don't be a negative out there. And I think right now he was a little bit early, but he finished the game a little bit better for sure. I will say this. I don't know what's more terrifying. It's If it's DeAndre Ayton's play sometimes or the fact that like Gavin is connecting with our families. Like That's like our family, and there's like Gavin just like, should we stop the pod? I don't know. Like, I don't know. I think he's going to leave here with my wife or something. I don't know. I got to be careful. It's but, his accent. They just love the accent, man. It is. Or that, or they're smiling and nodding because they have no idea what he's fucking saying. So, DeAndre Ayton, I will say this. Like, if you haven't gone to a bar and watched a Suns game in the DA area, era, you're like, you know how Taylor Swift's doing the Eras tour right now? Like, the DeAndre Ayton era, you got to appreciate it because everyone in the fucking bar. All of a sudden, you realize, for those of us who are on Twitter, you realize that, like, the DA stands are few and far between. And the people who actually watch the game with frustration about aspects of DA's play and his inconsistency, like, exist everywhere. And we're like, ah, oh, fuck DA. Like, there was so much conversation that we had. We were literally defining what a is, right? We're like, well, DA's dunk isn't a dunk. It's more of, like, a lay-in. Like, it happens... Like if when he lays it in just because that's how he, he scored the first few points that he had was him like kind of just laying it in instead of just full on dunking it. And that's thank you, my friend. Another Coors Light. A good this is a good man right here working. Oh, burp. Wife's driving me home. So again, DA D- is you guys driving each other home. <laughs> I don't know what's going on over. You know, fifty uh, beers over there too. You can have a uh, Gavin drive you guys home. You can trust him, right? I hope that he drives on the right side of the road. I think that's an England thing. Hamo, I know you're hanging out in the chat. So is Boyd, both from the Aussie Suns Fund. 
fan podcast. Let us know what side of the road you drive on and if I can have uh, Gavin drive me home. But anyways, look at creepy <laughs> Boyd's like have Gav streak. <sighs> we don't want to make him not. He, he can't come to the, co- the country because he's a sex. <laughs> But when we talk about DA, literally some of the conversations that we're having here on site is about how, you know, he, he doesn't dunk. And it's, it's it's a joke. We get it. We understand it. We've watched this team religiously. We come live to you after every single fucking game. So, but it's fun to actually kind of go out with everybody and talk about it. So uh, it's it, it's funny seeing that in person. It's always the same thing, though. I mean, it's we're talking about the same thing. We're all connected, right? And we're all from the dirt. We all just we're very much the same, but very different. But when your son's fans, you guys complain about the same stuff. Talk about the same things. You watch every game. It's always the same shit. There's always gonna be people on Twitter saying like, "No, he's actually good." Like, you know what I mean? Like, there's always the defenders to make you feel bad about. Your, this is why Skip Bayless doesn't follow anybody. He doesn't want anyone to actually, you know, just have that effect on him where he can't have his own takes. Our own takes, I feel like, are always the same. It's just some people are just like, no, he's actually a good center. And I think Gavin's one of them, too. So, Well, I will say this. Uh, a, a couple things. You know, one, um, we were talking about the taped fingers that he has, and he's worn the taped fingers all season long. Is it time, Matthew, for him to take those tape, the, the tape that he has around his fingers, and, like, turn it the other way so when they throw him the ball, he'll fucking catch it? I've never seen him drop so many balls. I've never seen it. I mean, it's it's obviously nerves. It's not being ready for the moment. That's what it is. Because Katie's been hitting him, man. And a couple times tonight, he just he, today he just drops it. And they're a little bit behind him, but that's where the ball has to be placed. Like we're talking about, we're standing there watching like a certain play where he says he's wide open, but then they actually throw it to the corner to either Chris Paul or Devin Booker, and he's like, no, I'm wide open, rolling. But it's like you're rolling. But if we throw you the ball, it's going to get tipped because we have to throw it in front of you for it to catch it. If we throw it behind, you're not going to be able to get it because you just can't make up the ground that quickly or just grab it on a weird angle. You know, he has to learn how to do that and make the difficult catch because there's no other way to do it. Because if a guy's in front of him, you see it all the time. I think I see it more than anywhere where guys behind him will always tip the ball out. He's always on somebody. He's like, oh, here, pass me the ball. And someone always tips it out from behind because he doesn't go get it. So if he has to actually make an attempt to go get it, it's a difficult thing for him and he can never actually – you can never complete the pass. Yeah, I mean, that's just kind of what you get with DeAndre Ayton, and you just have to kind of deal with it. And good, bad, and indifferent, it's it's what it is. It's who he is. And, you know, fuck all. Fuck all is what Gavin kept saying when it comes to DeAndre Ayton during this game. And, you know, as Matthew Joyce Entertainment states uh, in the chat, and again, thank you guys for hanging out in the chat. I know this isn't the best audio. I know this isn't the best video. This is what happens during the playoffs when we – just decide to get together with some Suns fans and we go to a bar to do it. And I, again, I want to give blue agave in Scottsdale uh, a tip of my hat and a thank you for letting us fucking do this and reserve a couple tables and have some jams just come and hang out with us. It's really fun to do this. This is what being a Suns fan is all about is community. So I, I know again, it's not the greatest audio slash video, but it is a lot of fun, at least for Matt and I, because I am been drinking and I'm enjoying it. But I had a point there. Shit. We're talking about DeAndre Ayton. We're talking about his, his fingers. And his, he, he'd probably be a bad finger banger uh, because of the tape. Uh, no, I'm not there yet. I'm not there yet. Um, we're talking about DeAndre Ayton. This is what happens when you drink and you, you know, even Coach Fallen Fan is like, this is the greatest video. Like, no, it's not. We know it. Like, Matthew normally has like a cool background behind him by art at Suns Illustrated. And I see that. Oh, yeah. I forgot to take that off. Yeah. And we don't even have the brand up. Like, Jesus, man. Like, Oop, there we go. Um, oh, I was going to make a point. He turns the ball over. Uh, 
you ever seen the movie Rudy, Matthew? Okay, like I love the movie Rudy. I'm a Notre Dame fan. Like I literally got it tattooed right here. Uh, there's a moment in the 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 Rudy movie where they're like, if you had half the heart of Rudy, you could have been all American. Like that's how I feel of like DeAndre. And if you had half the heart as Russell Westbrook, you could have been all American. Because Russell Westbrook was fucking good in this game, man. Thirty. What are you in with? Thirty-seven points. He led all scores in this game. Correct. Thirty-seven. Seventeen of twenty-nine. Now again, the not. He had four turnovers. He had four assists. He had six rebounds. He had one steal. He had one block. Like Russell Westbrook. Should the Suns got a, should should we have got him in the buyout market? Yeah, I wanted him, but I wanted limited minutes too. He would have been our starting point guard. I know that wouldn't have actually happened. I mean. The thing is with him, like the effort he gives is great. And I also think he could have been our center. He could have put more effort in that in that position to actually grab boards. He's hitting difficult shots now, and that's scary, right? I mean, if you get Kawhi back next game and this guy can actually play the way he played tonight, I don't think 37 points will be a thing, but just hitting the big shots in moments. Getting to the rim, wide open for dunks. The way, I mean, we talked about it before. I'm stealing these notes, all right? I'm stealing everything we talked about because I didn't write really any notes. So Gavin did say, you know, you give it – put it off the glass or something you know he's gonna miss those and that's what you have to do but there's no presence in the rim for him right now and he's doing what he wants and that's a scary thing because i feel like you want him to do what he wants you want him to be the guy to actually oh someone threw me their panties look at these ones look at these my, my first panties you know hold on what happens when all right it's getting a little wild the jams are just chucking shit take, but who cares about my take dude all right, I gotta bring out my guitar and start playing it, dude. Oh, look, <laughs> no. there's a, there's a sticker. There's a, there's a sticker, sticker we already showed. I don't know what's yeah. called. Seventy four or red bubble page yeah. or something. All right, now he's getting offered look, food. I'm, I'm getting people are giving me chips and such. It's you know, that's what happens after you've been drinking and watching the suns all. Hey, day. we're having fun. Next time we do this, you guys gotta come down. We had Please. a few show up tonight, and it was great seeing them. Just the effort they put to come and hang out. It's really fucking cool. I think it's awesome, dude. This podcast we do, it's like, why do you guys, you know, you watch, but like. The, the amount of like attention and care you give into this, it, it means a lot to us. So next time we do this, I think what next probably I don't know. I want to do this again. You guys gotta come down for sure. And you get panties thrown out of you. Who the heck are you? I'm Kevin Durant. You know who I am. Y'all know who I am. Did anybody see a sniper? Did anybody see anything? I'm one of the best players to ever played a game. Kevin Durant, this one, let all Phoenix Sun scores with 31 points, man. It's what? How, how, how far are we? 46 minutes. Yeah, 46-minute mark. And we're talking about Kevin Durant, who played 44 minutes, was 9 of 17 from the field, 3 of 4 from beyond the arc. Thank you. I was I needed two of it, those threes to go in to make some, a little bit of money on the old uh, DraftKings. He went for 31 and 11 in this game, added with six assists. I felt like this game was the first game where he a little had a little bit of freedom he had a little bit of space to create like kevin durant does matthew yeah it's difficult for him to get really anything off just like this podcast where i'm trying to actually maneuver this while gavin's hitting on my sister over there it's just happening i only got 13 minutes so hopefully i can wrap this thing up and just cut that off pretty court shortly um but <laughs> you know katie tonight though he's actually making more of an effort to get to the rim to do more i'm like what is what does katie do when he gets double team when he gets actually just the the mismatch is he can actually make the attempt to to make to to push his push, push his own agenda here on the team i think he's getting closer to that it's 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 definitely going in a positive direction. Um, him still getting DA involved is great. Even if DA doesn't catch it, he needs to do that and rely on that guy as much as he can because it opens up a lot more too if DA's on that roll and they can actually hit him. So 
Uh, Jam, man, get her some. Get her some, bro. She needs bro eye. She needs. Matthew, he's saying let her get some, bro. She has needs. He's talking about your sister. <laughs> oh, yeah, I know. Well, this is the thing. Like when I when I have sisters, this stuff just happens. And it's just it's one of those things. That's why I don't get out much and take them anywhere. That's what happens. I end up marrying one of them. Um, so yeah, Kevin Durant in this game, I gotta she just say stole your beer. <laughs> I know. My 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 wife literally just came in and and she's sharing it with my mom. Look, they're going back and forth, taking that big beer that I have, and they're they're splitting up. My brother's trying to get some too. You fucking bastards. Uh I will say this. He started with foul trouble. He got he had three fouls early, right? Like by the second quarter, he had three fouls. And kudos to Monty Williams. You know, in fact, I'm I'm gonna give Monty Williams a little drop here because we've been kind of critical at times, especially with the rotations, but he gets he gets it. Ever since I've been here, we talked about everything you want is on the other side of hard. This is hard. Monty we know the rest of the drop. He let him play through that foul trouble, and he was cooking Gordon in this game. And for reasons unbeknownst to me, but there was continual times in which it was Gordon on KD rather than Russell Westbrook, and he took advantage of those times. He ended with 31 points. And, like, again, we're still learning who the fuck this team is with Kevin Durant. But I'll tell you this, again, watching Kevin Durant in a public setting, motherfucker, I'm glad he's, I'm so glad he's part of our team, dude. Like we got Kevin Durant. I know, I know. It's more. It's evolving into that. At first, it's kind of like you know, what, what are we getting from him? And obviously, it draws the double teams. But now we're seeing a lot more. Um, the thing is, like with Monty, yeah, kudos for sure. But there's no rotations really for me unless you just have Craig or Kogi on the court with these guys. That's all I worry about. And also, it just it's up to the it's up to Chris Paul and KD and Booker to figure things out. It really is. They're they're veterans enough to where they can figure this thing out and share the ball the right amount of times. And I, that's one thing that w- this goes overlooked is like them taking over at certain times and just understanding each other. There's not a whole lot of bickering back and forth. They're not getting frustrated. I think in, maybe in the first game you saw a little bit of it, but now it's like they're taking their time and they're actually figuring out who should have the ball in certain situations. That might be Monty, but I really do think it's more just the players figuring out on the court. Monty just has to deal with, hey, don't start shamming. That's it. Yeah, don't give Sham any minutes, Monty, and you'll be ha- we will all be happy as Suns fans. But outside of that, like we're seeing better ball from Kevin Durant. We're seeing this team get get a little bit more comfortable. And I think he's been more comfortable with the fact that obviously he has Devin Booker playing next to him. And I think the Phoenix Suns are realizing, like, yo, he doesn't need to play the Mikael Bridges role, right? Like, we don't need you just cutting across the lane and hitting jumpers. Like, you can dictate the offense at times, and it's going to continue to be uh, successful for the Suns. I hope. I hope we close them out in the next game, but we'll talk about that momentarily, but we got to do this. The Suns Jam Session subreddit stakeout. All right, Jamsters, it's time for the subreddit stakeout. And look, I got one of Matthew's little thingies on. Uh, This is delicious, except for if, if you're listening, then... If you listen, you don't realize the fact that we literally like dress up for our subreddit stakeout to prove that we go in disguise for the opposition's subreddit takes. And I'll tell you this: if you're not, if you only listen to this podcast, thank you. But subscribe, rate, and review. Like, give us five stars, homies. Like, come on, it's the least you can do. And or don't. I don't give a fuck, dude. You do you, boo. You be you because we are us, and that's who we are, and that's all we can be. But on the subreddit, here's some of the the interesting takes. That we got from the subreddit stakeout. And I did my best to try to keep up with the subreddit, Matthew, because it's hard in a public setting to not. Remember, I'm sitting on my couch, just like 
you know, multitasking and the dog's like looking at me wanting to play and my wife's yelling at me like, why don't you play with the dog? I'm like, the sun's game's on. I'm technically working. <laughs> oh my God. But here's what I found. The first thing, Aiden's, Aiden passing to the announcers and yelling at CP3. <laughs> so if you remember early in the game, Matthew, DeAndre Aiden had a pass where he just like threw it like four rows up and he started yelling at CP3. Like CP3 is only like six one, dude. Like why was he doing? That? I don't know. And he does do that. He kind of complains at certain times. But the worst part of it is like when he does mess up, he just doesn't take ownership of it. Maybe he might, but I don't know. No one knew. No one knew. They continued on it. They go, why is Aiden upset? Did he expect Paul to have rocket shoes? And then they were talking a little bit earlier in the game again. I will say this. A lot of my subreddits take out came the first half because that's when I was sober. Uh, he said, Aiden can't, cannot attack Gordon. Holy shit. I think we all felt that tonight, didn't we, Matthew? That 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 matchup that he had with Eric Gord. Or, yeah, he, he never will. And it's one thing that's interesting yeah, about the Suns that... <laughs> it's one thing that's interesting in the series is how... There's certain mismatches that are out there, and I feel like the Suns aren't actively hunting them. It's really hard to make this point when I have a wart on my nose this big, but I will say this. like, Why are we not – like, you have Aiden on Gordon. Yeah, he's not attacking him. But when you have KD on Gordon, because KD on Gordon was a thing, and they could set it up. Plumley or Booker with, Booker with Avita Zubak. And they're actively not seeking these out. Why do you think that is? I think Booker is. I think at times he takes his time with uh, you know, rotations of the defense to get who he wants. Uh, KD at times is just waiting for the double to hit somebody, I think. A lot of times because he knows if he takes a step or a dribble, some guy's going to come over. So he's trying to figure that out. Aiden himself, though, is like either it's going to be the little popping shot in the middle. Otherwise, he's just going to pass it out. There's no there's no mismatch for him right now. That's why they went this five small the last game where it didn't matter because they can't deal with it. You know, he can just it doesn't matter the size on him right now. Anything will make him a little frantic. Shut up, Stephanie. <laughs> Stop hitting on our Australian friends. I believe he's married. I'm sure he has kids. If he's anything like Boyd, he's got like 10 of them. I will say this uh, from an eight standpoint. They said Aiton under the rim looking for the pass first is insane. And this is coming – literally, this is coming from the Clippers subreddit on this one. Uh, Suns need to stop making Westbrook look good. He's Westbrook from a reason – for a reason. And it's a fact. You mentioned a little bit earlier. We talked about it locally, and we talked about it a little bit during the podcast. And I was – and, you know, it's just – you. the only thing you, you can't let him do is dunk. That's the only thing you can't let him do is dunk. And that's what he was doing in this game. And against why he had a great game. Uh, somebody noted that Shamit was two of 13 so far in the series. So thank you, Monty, for only playing him five minutes. Fully healthy, fully healthy. We're a championship team. Suns, on the other hand, no balls, no grit. Suck on our balls, bitch. You lost by 12. How about that? How about that response, Matthew? Oh, I thought that he put that too. <laughs> I thought he said suck on my balls. You know, I, I, I heard a really good quote the other day. It's like, I'm never going to be political or president until like someone actually comes in office and says like, hey, all you're going to do your whole life is like lay around, get your balls licked. That's it. Yeah. And like, apparently the, the, the Suns don't have the balls to get licked per the Clippers fan base. Uh, Russell Westbrook, heart is undeniable. I disliked him before, but I'm in love with him right now. And, and Suns fans, I want you to hear that because, again, a lot of you were anti-Russell Westbrook coming over to the Phoenix Suns as a buyout candidate. And ultimately, I think he would have helped this team. But it's tough to say that, Matthew, because, again, we're up 3-1 to one in the series, right? We are. 
and that's all that matters. <laughs> Thank you for picking up that audio. I had to burp. Please, Morris, dive at Katie's ankles. That's the bread stakeout is the fact that it's gotten to the point in the series in which the Los Angeles Clippers subredditors are literally asking for injuries. So fuck you, Clippers. 3-1, Suns. Suck my balls. The Suns Jam Session subreddit stakeout. Uh, Dwig24 says, Lissy's a JRE fan. Yeah, that was on JRE. Joey Diaz out there with the best comments. So. No idea what that even means. So I guess I'll just move it on to the next segment. Jam star of the game. All right, Jamsters. Thank you for, if you're still listening to this thing, fucking fuck you, you bastard, you beautiful bastard, you, for still listening to this thing through 56 minutes of shitty audio and if you're watching horrible video i've been having a good time you've been having a good time i don't know if the consumer's having a good time if you have been having a good time give us a thumbs up and give us a five-star review oh i totally i totally switched that thing around but please subscribe rate and review hey web can i have another course light thank you sir thank you my wife stole mine uh the guy who runs this place is a good friend of mine and my former uh uh this is awkward I don't know how to finish Having this one. I'm not. <laughs> it's that a great is by joke. Far the funniest thing anyone's ever like posted. <laughs> I'll tell you something funny is like if you talk to my mom to this day, it's 2023. That movie came out like 92, 93, sequel in like 95, maybe 94. My mom still says not. Like fucking Wayne's World is a thing. Uh, but Matthew, who are you going to get your jam start of the game to? Because there's a couple candidates in this one. Yeah, I was going to maybe do Chris Paul, but my biggest thing is just Kevin Durant getting on the right track. So I think tonight you saw a lot more from him. It's just a little bit. But you want to see more progression from him. You want to make sure that he's not digressing or getting hurt. So right now he's progressing and just kind of avoiding you know, any way to hurt this team. He's doing a better job. I think some passes still are kind of incoherent and just – throwing it out there in certain situations for no reason, but he's limiting that. He's doing a lot better to figure out this offense. You have to realize, too, it's going to take a while. That's why I feel like this this matchup right now for KD is really good. You know, the physicality, the double teams, figuring things out with his group on the court from KD. Chris Paul, big shots. But I'm looking at KD to really get this going to where he can be that duo with Kev, Devin Booker because it's not there yet, but I feel like it will be. Listen, I'll say this, okay? I love Rose Lissy, one of my favorite people on this planet. You're a son of a bitch. You stole mine. With Chris Paul, like CPQ4 is a thing, right? And I thought that he played fantastic. Devin Booker, for what he did in the first half, was fantastic. But I completely agree with you that Durant getting above 30 points, playing really well in this game consistently, getting some footing, getting some some uh consistency getting some feel for the game it's not great for the series it's great for the long run and we're voting and we're rooting for that long run jamster so uh you're a bastard and i love i absolutely love rose, rose lissy but you're right on that that jam star of the game uh as we move forward obviously we're going into game five which is going to be tuesday we get two days off for the first time this series we're actually getting two days off we're not going game on game off game on game off game on game off it will be at home. 
Matthew, I'll ask you this real quick. Do the Suns close out the series? Yep, Kawhi, no Kawhi. I think this team, in game two, game one, they kind of finished it out a little. I mean, game two and game three, they kind of finished it out a little bit better. Tonight, you just saw some certain things like Katie stepping up, and I think DeAndre getting a little bit better, even though we gave him some shit tonight. There's things that you're seeing that are positive, like Shaman not playing the second half. I think he closed it out. I think um, Booker's just unstoppable, and I think if Kawhi even comes back, it's not a thing. It's not one of those things where it's like Kawhi rested because he's going to beat the Suns in game four. It's like, no, you got this team with the Clippers that are just playing unrelentless, like, freaking basketball defensively. It's just it's a crazy playoff matchup with the Suns, but I just think the Suns are going to be that much better in the next game to close it out at home. Oh, God, I hope you're right. I feel like we're going to a game six for no fucking reason in this one. I feel like we're coming back to L.A. I feel like Kawhi will come play in this one because now they're being pushed up against the wall. And what we've seen thus far, we've been on a, a, a teeter-totter, if you will, when it comes to the Suns and some of the adjustments. Uh, talent wins ultimately, and the Suns have more talent because Paul George is not playing. Obviously, Paul George, Kawhi in this, in this series, it's a completely different series. I feel like a game six is coming i hope a game five is is where where we close it out right exactly i think uh game five is over dude i hope you're right so we'll see jamsters so mute yourself let's close this bad boy out let's call it a podcast i'm going to continue to drink some beer with the jamsters who are hanging out with us we truly appreciate it so again if you're listening to this podcast please subscribe rate review hop on apple Podcasts. we really appreciate that how are you stealing my second beer my beautiful wife she's taking two beers from me now in less than an hour. This is a bunch of bullshit. I need my beers back. Well, let's subscribe, rate, review. Give us thumbs up below simply because my wife keeps stealing my beers, man. Right? I want to say, everyone, go home. Go home and love your family. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.